Good morning, good morning. So good to see y'all. Hope everyone is doing well. We are uh, continuing, as Alex said, in our series, uh, Habits of Emotionally Healthy People. And uh, I want you to open up your Bibles. We're going to go to two places. Usually I just kind of give you one place to look. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit, stretch you, grow you a little bit, right? I want you to look. We're going to look at Colossians 1. And then after that, we're going to make our way to 2 Corinthians 5.16. And uh, we've been talking about what does it look like to develop these habits that we can develop, we can grow in, that will really lead to emotional health. You know, anytime you're doing anything, any type of habit, it always stretches you. Week one, we talked about really the foundation of good emotional health is gratitude. And we can all be more grateful. We can be more grateful for the people around us. We can be more grateful for the things that we experience. And then last week, we talked about really the importance of having the conversation. What happens when we have the conversation? We learn to deal with conflict. And, and really, that leads us to where we're going today, which really is, is really the, the whole point of why we even have the conversation, why we deal with conflict. And we really are going to discover God's heart for reconciliation and what that looks like. You know, you know when, you, when you try new things, right, they, they, we're looking at habits. And scientists, studies show it takes, what, about 21 days to establish a habit. Studies then show it takes about nine months of you doing that for it to really set in and to be a part of who you are. So our prayer, my prayer for you is this, is not that we just develop a quick fix habit, but this really becomes a part of who you are. Because when you're in the middle of it, you're going to feel like, man, I don't know if I can, if I can handle this. Uh, it was kind of an experience I had on, on Friday. Okay, can I, I'll just share you something that I experienced. It was something that I've always wanted to experience, but when I was in the middle of it, I was like, I don't want anymore. It's kind of like, you know, I tap out. Can I tap out? So I've always wanted to like, train. It's, maybe it sounds a little weird. And again, I'm, I'm very grateful for all of those who serve in the military and our armed forces. I always wanted to train with like a Navy SEAL. Like that would just be fun to me. I don't know why. It just would be. You know, I guess just test myself. So I was working out on Friday and one of the guys that was there is a Navy SEAL. And so we were working in teams and uh, I get paired with the Navy SEAL. I'm like, man, all right. I'm kind of like, this is awesome. But like, I'm going to die, you know? And so, you know, he's like, well, I'm kind of new to all these different movements. And, you know, I was like, let me tell you something. You got the, the most important movement, this movement. You're not going to quit. I'll tell you that right now. And sure enough, we're in the middle of this workout and we're going out. We're about three-fourths of the way through. I'm just like telling, I'm just pumping myself. I'm like, leave no man behind, you know? I'm like, do it for my brother, you know? We were, we were doing this one, we had these, these it's called, a, it's called a, a wall ball. And it's filled with sand, okay? I'm just being honest with you, I'm, we're doing these things called wall ball. You're like squatting on the ball and throwing it way up in the, in, on, on this wall. And then like the sand is coming out. My buddy, my two friends, they're wearing sunglasses. I thought it was because I was part of the run. They told me afterwards, they're like, no, it's because the sand gets in your eyes. Like, thanks for letting somebody know. But I'm throwing this wall and it's like sand's getting in my face. And I'm just going, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know. Like, I don't want sand in my face, but I'm just telling myself, this guy lives eating sand all day, every day. He's a Navy SEAL. What are you doing? Don't let your brother down. You know, and I'm just like, I just want to let, I did, but I, I didn't quit. Now, I had to drag myself across the finish line, but I didn't quit. And there's times where you're looking at the things that you've experienced and the habits you're developing, and there's some that you're recognizing, I need to quit this. But there's others you've developed that you're going, hey, don't quit. Don't quit. 
You see, because for, for since March, we've been developing habits. And, and don't hear what I'm not saying. Not every habit you've developed has been bad. It, you've slowed your rhythm down maybe a little bit more. You Maybe you've, gotten a, you've had a little more time. You're out in a <clears throat> daily walk or multiple times a day. Or maybe you've been getting more healthy. You've been spending more time with your family. You've been more engaged and more interac- there's been more interaction. So some of the habits you've developed <clears throat> excuse me, since March have been good. They've been good habits. But the truth is there's also probably some habits that you recognize that they really haven't been that good. It's been, it's been hard and it's been, it's been challenging. And, and the, the reason we're even again in this series, because for some of you, this is your first time with us. You're going, why are we, why are we talking about emotions? Why are we, <clears throat> why are we working through and looking at, at these things? And, and the truth is because the more I talk to people, the more I realize people just don't feel good. Like they, they can't even sometimes put, a, put their finger on it. Like I just don't feel like things are right. Things are settled. What, what's going on? And, and I just feel uneasy about it. We have to realize that what's happening is our rhythm has been interrupted and our fear is elevated. Our rhythm that we're used to, it's, it's been interrupted and, 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 and we're going, man, fear and anxiety and worry and uncertainty, it's elevated and we're going, how do I handle this? What do I do? How do I resolve this? And, and sometimes you're going, well, I mean, I, I think I feel, f- I mean, you're telling me I don't feel good, but maybe I think I feel good or, you know, I feel fine, you know, or you're going compared to that guy, I feel fine. That's the thing is we see some of our friends are like, they're a dumpster fire. I'm doing great. So we don't really know how like we're really processing things because we do what we naturally do. We can compare ourselves to other people. But the truth is you think about what's happening in your, in your soul, in your brain, in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions. Because your brain is more than just a lump of tissue. It actually, it actually has like chemicals that impact it, right? You have cortisol and, and that's where you get the fight or flight. Right. And that's your stress levels are elevated. Right. You got dopamine and you're trying to feel like you want pleasure. And how do I and some of you, you know, I mean, and some of, you know, people like this, like, man, any toy, we've been buying toys since COVID started. If you had the resources, just one toy after another, after another. I mean, it's just but why? Because we're trying we feel something inside. And and that's why we're doing this, because it concerns me. Not just for you, but even for myself, because as I take notice and I take inventory, really what it comes down to is we're just not happy in our soul. And that's the thing God cares most about. It's from the inside out. God's going, I want to deal with the soul. I want to work on your soul. And, and what I'm so proud of you as a church, like honestly, it, Alex was talking about back to school. And we've had such an amazing response to back to school. So many things given to families in need. And then I walk in today and there was like five Walmart bags. So me and Chris Wise took it out and put it in the things. And I came in here and went back out there and there's like another 10 Walmart bags out there full of stuff. Why? Because I love the way that we've built as a church. We build as a family. And when you build as family, it's families that make it through chaos. Because there's a lot of chaos going on right now. There's a lot of things that we experience. There's a lot of things that are challenging. There's a lot, but it's family. Not perfect. And not every family is perfect. And I'm not perfect. And we're not perfect. And, and you're not perfect. But it's families that make it through. 
And let's look at Colossians chapter 1 because this really sets up what God's heart is for us. Why last week we talked about why is it important for us to have the conversation? Why is it important for us to deal with conflict? Look at what Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. So everything, all the fullness dwells in, can I tell you something, as challenging and chaotic as things may seem or things really are, God's still God, he's still on the throne, and my question to you is how big is your God? Perhaps he needs to get a little bit bigger because the problems and the chaos seem to be overshadowing who God is in your life when really God is bigger than all of that because all of his fullness dwells in Jesus. And through him, this is Jesus, to be reconciled to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Paul is saying, listen, the goal is reconciliation. All things. Jesus came, died on the cross. We have victory in what he did on the cross so that we might be reconciled to him and so that all things might be reconciled. Can I tell you something? It's why we feel what we feel right now. Because there's a lot of things in our world and perhaps in our lives that are unreconciled. There's a lot of chaos. Entropy, right? It's a scientific word for basically everything is, is, is breaking down. Everything is moving towards destruction and chaos, right? Things are just naturally moving and dissolving and breaking down. But there's someone that's bigger than that. There's someone that can come in and begin to, to, to oversee that and, and work through that. And what begins to happen is we all experience and deal with chaos a little bit differently. Some of you kind of like chaos a little bit. You know, it's kind of like dishes in the sink. You know what I'm talking about? In my house, I don't do real good with dishes in the sink. It's just me. You know, like they start growing. I'm not talking about like they grow stuff on them. It's like they just pile up. This weekend, all of a sudden, my, my faucet is like leaking. So I did what I, you know, usually do. I'm like, can I tinker with this? Let me grab YouTube. Can I fix this? I quickly realized, call the plumber. Found a great plumber if you need one. He lives right around the corner from my house. So I was like, hey, that's good to know. So I get him in because why? I'm going, well, one, I don't want water all over the sink. It's like leaking. Something's wrong. What do I do? I got to do that. I got to do all these things. But here was my biggest concern. Dishes were just growing in my sink, and it's just chaos. And it just, but some of you, you're like, ah, I'm good with dishes in the sink. You know, like when you go to bed at night, like I, that's just me. Nothing wrong. Okay? You leave a dish in the sink every now and again. Let me tell you something. You know, when you got little kids, you're like, man, forget it. I'm tired. Just leave them there. They'll be there in the morning, you know? And you go, man, it just things just grow. It's just like you just become amped up. The chaos and the disruption of what's going on in our life. And, and the truth is this, is it may not be dishes in your life. Because here's what the word reconcile actually means. Look at what the word reconcile means. It says to restore to friendship, harmony, and agreement. So, okay, Pastor Chris, I get it, dishes, haha, that's kind of fun. What's the point? Well, it may not be dishes that are causing chaos in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your business partner, your coworkers. Where is it that there are things that are unreconciled in your life? What are the relationships that are unreconciled in your life? It's like marriages. One of the greatest prayer requests we get is for marriages. Marriages right now are struggling. They're struggling. 
And, and so many people are getting divorces and so many people are separating and the anxiety and depression is at an all-time high. The addiction and the abuse is at an all-time high. Why? And then when you look at divorce papers and oftentimes you, you read the headline or you see it, you know, or someone talks to you about it, it's irreconcilable differences. Because there's challenges and there's a lack of reconciliation and, and all of these things. Right? And so there's chaos and turmoil. And that's not to minimize what anyone has experienced in relationship or in marriage. But, but what do we do? You see, the truth is we don't know what to do. Well, what do we do? How do we, how do we reconcile? Where do we go? How do we solve this, this chaos and all this un? Lack of reconciliation, all these unreconciled things in our lives. I'm reminded of a, of a story of an engineer. His name was Charles Steinmet. And he worked for GE in the early 1900s. And he had since retired. And GE was having this problem with one of their machines. All their engineers looked and tried to figure out what was going on. What is wrong with this machine? What's wrong? And so they call him, and he comes in, and he walks around the machine, and he's looking, and he takes a small piece of chalk out of his pocket. He puts a little X precisely where the problem is, and he leaves. And he sends him an invoice for $10,000, which at that time, that's a lot of money, okay? But, but at that time was significant. And so they just calmly, GE sent back to him and said, can we get an itemized breakdown of, like, why $10,000? And it said, $1, small chalk mark, $9,999 to know exactly where to put it. You see, that's the challenge that we all face. Where do we put it? What's the real problem? How, how do we fix it? So can I tell you something? I, I'm not the solution and answer. This is. I, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers. But can I tell you something? I know where to look. Right here. So we're going to look. We're going to look at the words of Paul in Corinthians. And I want to give you just a little bit of a, a Bible pattern real quick. Because here's what I want us to get. Emotionally healthy people know how to make sense of a world that doesn't make sense. Because they know how to reconcile. That, that place, where do you need to put that white chalk mark? Where do you need to put that X? Reconciliation. Why is important to have gratitude as we talked about in week one? And why do we need to have the conversation? Because we're moving towards reconciliation. And when you look at this Bible pattern, I'm going to give you this Bible pattern starting from the very beginning when God created the heavens and the earth and created man and woman. And they were, they were in union, relationship with Jesus. But then sin came into the world and it separated it brought chaos and division, and it brought separation. And so then all along, what's happening is God is trying and working towards bringing reconciliation between him and us. Because all through the Bible, you can look. Once sin came into the world, what began to happen? What began to happen is people have two choices. They either get further away from God and the chaos seems to increase or they move closer to God and he begins to work and move and bring reconciliation in their life, in their soul, and in their relationships. Jesus hit on this in the New Testament. He's writing 
And he, he gives a parable. He talks about a lost sheep, a lost coin, but then he talks about a lost son. And this, this story illustrates really what it is for reconciliation and what it looks like to have areas in life that aren't reconciled. You have this son that comes and basically says, Dad, I wish you were dead. I want my inheritance. And the father gives him his, his, his inheritance and he goes to another land and he squanders it. The Bible says he actually had loose living. You can interpret what that might mean. And he's going, man, if I could just go back. And he comes back to his father just wanting. He's thinking to himself, man, the servants in my father's house have it better than I have. I'm in a pig pen. And he goes back to his father. His father sees him far off and comes running to him and reconciles him back. Brings him back into restored what? Relationship. That's what reconciliation means. Back into restored relationship. But then you have this brother. This older brother's kind of frustrated by it. He, he's not really happy about it. He's kind of disappointed. And here's this story, this illustration of what it looks like to have a lack of reconciliation. You have this fracture in this family. And the truth is, whatever season of life you're in, you relate to someone in this story. You are the prodigal son, maybe running off and squandering your inheritance. Maybe you're the older brother, and there's this fracture and this frustration, and you don't understand it. Perhaps you may have been, uh, uh, you know, you, you, obviously we're not uh, the heavenly father. He is the good father in this story. But you may be a, parent, a parent and you have this parental role in a relationship. And you know what it's like. You know when things aren't right with your spouse. Things aren't right with your siblings. Things aren't right in your family. Things are fractured with your children. And you're going, I want reconciliation. Why do we need to have the conversation? Why do we push in? Why do we need to develop these habits? Because what happens is God is moving us towards reconciliation. Paul's hitting on this in 1 Corinthians. So let's look here at 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians. Throw him for a loop there in the back. You're like, we don't have 1 Corinthians, Pastor Chris. It's 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, it says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. We regard no one from a worldly point of view. Can I tell you something? Things would shift and change if we started treating people a little bit differently. If we started regarding people a little bit differently, Paul recognizes his perspective. He's talking, because this, he's talking not just to the masses. He's not just talking to us. He's not just talking to the church in Corinth at the time. He's talking about himself. He's saying, I used to see things and see people one way, but Jesus came into my life. He was a disruptor. Paul, who used to be known as Saul, brought division. He persecuted and killed Christians. And then he had this encounter with Jesus, and Jesus reconciled him. God transformed his life, changed his name from Saul to Paul. And when he did, he's recognizing, I got to see things and see people a little bit differently. You see, we have a propensity to see people incorrectly. We, we have a, a propensity to not see people the right way. But he's saying, I want you to change how you're seeing people, how you see Jesus in your life, and then how you see others. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself, what? Through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God 
was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Now, Paul's going to get to it in just a minute when it comes to reconciling us to him. But look what he says. When he makes us new, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry. So it's not just if, if, if you're on a church staff, you work at a nonprofit, you're a good person. You know, everyone who has experienced reconciliation with God. I want to talk to believers for just a minute. You have two options. You're either going to bring division and be divisive in the things you say, the way you respond, how you communicate, what you tweet, what you post, what you Instagram, what you like, what you don't. you got to be wise because either one, you're either going to bring division or you're going to operate in what Paul called us to do, bring reconciliation. We have two options. Does that mean you don't speak up? You don't say what's right? You don't say what's true? No. It's also how. We talked about it last week. Honor is not what you say. It's how you say it. So what is he saying? Paul's saying, guess what? You've been reconciled. I've done something in your life. So now guess what? Get in the game. Your role is that reconciliation would come out of you and spill out into other people around you. As believers, can I tell you something? That's what God's called us to do, is to bring reconciliation to those around us, starting with the relationships that mean most and that are in close proximity to us. Our spouse, our children, our family, our extended family, our coworkers, our business partners, those we work with, our bosses, our friends, and it goes out, 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 out. It, 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 it overlaps, right? The Great Commission. Right? Go forth and make disciples. You just go out and just layers, okay? It's layers. Because watch what happens, verse 20. And he was committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you. We beg you. I, Paul's going, I beg you. I implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. You see, there's this reconciliation that has to happen with God. You may, you may be far from God and the, the disruption the challenge that you're feeling, the things that you're experiencing in your heart and your life, the chaos that's going on, it's because there's unreconciled things in our life. There's unreconciled things in our relationships. And if we're going to have emotional health, we're going to have to understand what it looks like to see reconciliation come. You know, people ask me, you know, sometimes, you know, Pastor Chris, you're in ministry, you know, what do you do as a pastor? I mean, I mean, I thought like you just kind of like, you know, you drink coffee if you like coffee, maybe you're a tea guy, you know, just pray, read, listen to worship music, you know, write a message. It's about like 3% of what I do. You want to know what I've really been doing a lot of these days because there's a lot of conversation happening? Reconciliation. Leading people into reconciliation, reconciliation. And it's not just all the external conversations that I'm having and helping navigate conversations and situations that people are experiencing. I got to do it in my own life. I got to start my own home. I've got to make sure, am I reconciled with, when, are there things that have gotten out of, out of line? We got to have a conversation. We got to get on the same page. Things with my own kids. I gotta, God's got to reconcile things inside of me. 
Like, man, I'm, I'm sitting in this season. God, what am I learning? What are you doing? How are you working in my heart and in my life? Right? So I, it, there's this reconciliation because the truth is you have two options. You can either be a disruptor like Paul was before he gave his life to Jesus, bringing division and being divisive, or you can be one who brings reconciliation, and you begin to see God work in your heart, in your life, in your families. I'll tell people often when I sit down and, and I may be talking with them or counseling, whatever you want to call it, you know, I, I don't know if I'd say like I'm a counselor, but you know, I just give counsel and we'll talk about things and they're kind of frustrated at where they're at or the situation they're in and they're saying, do this, do this, do this. I'm like, well, perhaps you need to do this, 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 and this. Well, this is what I've been doing and uh, you know, this is kind of what, and I'm like, okay, well, that's what you've been doing. How's that working for you so far? Well, it's not working. I was like, okay, well, we can keep doing that or we can do this over here. So it's a season where you can keep moving in the direction you've been moving and wondering why you keep ending up with the same thing you keep ending up with. The definition of insanity. You all know it. You've heard it. You've seen it. I'm not the first one to tell you, right? It's doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. So we got to learn and we begin to realize I don't feel good in my soul. I feel like things are off. Why? Because there's probably things in our lives that are unreconciled. And God's going, I'm bringing this to the top. I'm highlighting this. I'm putting a light on it, whatever you want to call it, so that you can begin to bring reconciliation in this area of your life. So how do we do that? What does it look like? How do we experience and then offer reconciliation? Here's the first thing. First is you got to be reconciled to God you got to be reconciled to God. That's the first and most important thing. You see, the, the challenge and the problem in culture and society and our world today is not external. It's internal. We all want customization. You want to know why we want customization? I got a phone uh, case for, for, a phone, for my phone. I, I do it too. And I went on there, and they have all these ones. I'm like, I kind of like that. I don't like that. I don't. And then I found one. You can kind of do your own. So I did my own. I put a little phrase on the back. You know, I'm like, man, I feel powerful. It's like custom made. I feel good. Why do we like customization, personalization? You all know why? Because it gives us a sense of control. But it will not meet the need that you're trying to, to fit. Um, am I saying don't customize your phone? Don't do this. Don't get things embroidered. Don't. You know, I'm not saying any of that. But the truth is, the world and in technology today, marketing today, they know how to market to you. I'm going to let it customize. They're listening, right? We live in a surveillance state. How many of you been? I was with a friend, a friend of mine. We were working out. And he just started working out. We're talking about weight belts and grips and wrist wraps. He's like, man, I got on my Instagram. All of a sudden, I got all this stuff popping up on my social feed. You ever experienced that? They're listening. Hopefully, they're listening right now. They need this. They need this. Why? But because we think, man, if I get all the, they know how to market to us to, to try and get us to go, maybe this is what's going to make me feel better. This is what's going to make me happy. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Can I tell you, the only hope for what you're feeling in your heart, in your soul, the only void or the void that you have, the only thing that's going to satisfy and fill that void is Jesus. It's the hope of Jesus. That's it. Jesus, we have to be reconciled to God. We think, well, maybe it's more information. Maybe it's more education. I love what C.S. Lewis said. Education without values, as useful as it is, seems rather to make man a more clever devil. 
It's not just information. It's not just education. It's not just more toys and more things and more stuff. We need to be reconciled to God. We look and we go, that's what I want, when really all we're doing is continuing to prolong the dysfunction in our own life. But what begins to happen when we begin to see, wait a minute, Jesus is the one that can actually really meet that need. Here's the second thing, is we need to be reconciled to God in your season. Okay, what do you mean by that, Pastor Chris? I thought this season would be a lot quicker than it has been. Anyone else? Ah, we'll be back to Disney World by May. All right, that family vacation's on. Nope. Like, if you want to wear a mask, yeah, lines are short, but it's hot. It's all get out in Orlando, and you got to wear a mask the whole time, you know? No Disney princess? What up? Man, I got three little girls. We want to see Disney princess, you know? It's taking a lot longer, and I'm just being transparent. I told you before. You already know what I'm about to say. Patience is not one of my greatest strengths. So this is taking a lot longer, and I'm not doing real well. And it's kind of like when I'm driving. I'm like, get out of the way. I have somewhere to go. This road belongs to me. You didn't know that? I'm just being transparent. Jesus got to work in my heart, my soul. But can I tell you something? We get that way in life. I don't like this season. It's taking too long. Can I tell you something? If you're reconciled to God in your season, you begin to embrace however long that season may be. Because that season will probably take longer than you think, but if you embrace it, God will do more and go deeper than you ever thought. He's bringing healing. He's bringing wholeness. You begin to embrace what God is doing, but you have to be willing. You have to be willing to let the Lord work in your heart and your life. See, the question is this. Can we come to terms with where God has us? Can you come to terms with where God has you? And I've said it before, rather than saying and praying, God, get me out of this situation. Get me out of this season. Start praying, God, what do you want me to get out of this season? Because he's trying to teach you. He's trying to prepare you. He's trying to work in your heart, in your soul, in your life. Because what he's preparing in you is not for right now. It's for where you're going. The strength that you're developing, the perseverance, the ability to trust in God and see that he's sovereign and he's moving. And you hear me say it all the time. He's doing 10,000 things on your behalf and you may be aware of three of them. Be happy with the three that you see because I'm telling you, God's working and moving when you don't even see it. He's our hope. And if you'll start embracing the season you're in and you're reconciled in that season, you start seeing how God is working and moving and what he's preparing you for. When you start seeing that, can I tell you something? You get a little fired up. You're like, come on, let's go. You're like, I get to work out with a Navy SEAL. And then you're three or four sin. You're like, I'm going to die. Like, I quit. You know, no, I'll leave no man behind. I'm not going to quit. He's a Navy SEAL. I can do it. Let's go. That's why spiritual family is so important because you're going to want to quit in your season. But you're going, no, I'm, I'm not here with John. John, we're doing this together. Let's go. Let's go. We can do it. We can do it. Let's go. Let's go. You see, you got to be reconciled in your season and see that God's working. And here's the last thing. The third is this. Finally, be reconciled to God with others. Be reconciled to God with others. If you want to make a difference in the world, you have to start with your world. I tell parents, I, I, didn't, I didn't originate this. I, I heard it once, but I've kind of taken on as my own. Someone once said, the greatest thing you may do or the greatest impact you may have in this world may not be anything that you do, but who you raise. 
shifted my perspective because there's times where even as a pastor, for you, it could be you in business or whatever. The goal is, I want to go, I want to go, I want to grow, I want to do this, I want to accomplish, I want to succeed. It could even be for good, noble things. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is, is your world that God entrusted you with. And can I tell you something? Our greatest fear is not really COVID-19. It's our families. It's our relationships. It's our marriages. It's the things closest to us. I'm not minimizing COVID-19. I'm not minimizing the effect that it's having on people. I'm not minimizing. But you take all of that out at, at the end of the day. The thing we're worried most about is those around us, the people that we love and that we build with. So we understand and we recognize when there's a fracture and there's not reconciliation in our, in our relationship. So practically, what do you do? Well, for some of you, you're recognizing in this season, there's some toxic people in my life and I need to set some boundaries. Well, shouldn't I be? Well, setting boundaries is a form of reconciliation. It doesn't mean that you have to continue to allow those people to be a part of your life because you can't help people who need help, only people who want help. And so sometimes at a certain point, you got to go, hey, we got to set a boundary, and this is what it's going to look like. And sometimes it may even be family. That's one of the hardest things you've experienced is having to set boundaries with family members and those closest to you. Sometimes you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to, to set and work on those things, and you're going to have to create those boundaries. But here's the, the other thing that you've got to do is at the end of the day, you just got to risk it. It's what I talked about last week. You've got to have the conversation. You've got to seek to understand rather than to be understood. Can I tell you, it's worth fighting for. Being reconciled in your marriage. Doing, it's hard work. Man, we were doing premarital counseling last week. I said, can I tell you, hardest thing you'll ever do is going to be married. But the most rewarding thing you're ever going to do is be married. Second hardest thing you ever do is be a parent. Second most rewarding thing you ever do is be a parent. Like, uh, whoever was like, oh, let's get married, and it's all rainbow and unicorns and angels singing all this. I mean, I don't know what they was doing. I don't know. It's work. Man, it's work because there's conflict and there's chaos and there's kiddos. And you're like, you're crazy. You act like your mama. No, she's crazy. She acts like you. She's exhausting. Wait, wait a minute. What does that mean? I'm exhausting? What are you talking about? Like, we got to be reconciled. You got to work through it. But it's rewarding. It's so worth it if you'll fight for reconciliation. The quality of your life is largely determined on how you resolve conflict and how you pursue reconciliation. You see, some of you in here today, you're far from God, and, and the first place you need reconciliation is with Him. But the second thing is this. It's recognizing that God has reconciled you to Him and has given you this gift so that you operate out of the ministry of reconciliation. Can I tell you something? That's not my job as Pastor Chris. But it is my job and my role as just Chris Lerma, who is a Christian and loves Jesus. Can I tell you, if we would get as passionate about all the other things that are going on in the world, if we would get as passionate about people meeting Jesus and giving their life to him, souls that are far from God, that outside of knowing Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior are going to hell, we would see reconciliation. We'd see reconciliation with our black brothers. We'd see reconciliation in law enforcement. We'd see reconciliation in all the other things that need reconciliation, but it starts in our own soul and in our own home. If we would just be Christians, imagine that. Rather than being divisive, 
being a disruptor, getting frustrated because people don't see it the way we see it or they don't do it the way we would do it and we want to impose that on them and we want to place judgment on them rather than going, no, 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 I'm pursuing reconciliation, bringing things into agreement and into alignment. What could happen? The revival that could happen in our heart, in our life, in our city, in our community, in our families. Revival that could spread if we would just pursue living out, as Paul wrote, what begins to come out of us as we pursue the ministry of reconciliation. 